0: everyone, welcome to Guiding Voice podcast series, the guiding voice for a better future. This podcast is to help students and young professionals to shape their careers. Thank you for tuning in. This is Naveen and I'm with my co-host Sudhakar. Dear listeners, in this episode, we want to cover about how new technologies like AI, artificial intelligence, blockchain and IoT internet of things are helping companies to reinvent themselves in the digital world and we are pleased to have madhav as our guest today
1: Madhava venkatesh is the co-founder and the chief technology officer of trust trace that's a deep technology company based on artificial intelligence blockchain and internet of things that is iot TrustTrace is a product traceability and transparency solution for fashion, food, and pharma industry. And this is headquartered in Stockholm, Sweden. Madhav has more than 20 years of experience in building large-scale digital solutions for online, retail, manufacturing, and pharma industries. In addition, Madhav has four patents in the area of multi-tenancy and cloud. At Trustrace, he is responsible for the technology and engineering that is currently being used by more than 32 brands and 4,000 plus suppliers across more than 20 countries. Madhav, welcome to our show. It's indeed fantastic to host you today on our podcast.
2: Hey, thank you, Naveen and Sudhakar. It's great to be a part of the Guiding Voice
1: platform looking forward for an engaging conversation. Absolutely. Madhav, you have been in the industry for over 2 decades and have seen various technologies. From your viewpoint, you know, can you explain on how the technologies evolved?
2: an interesting question because last two decades there has been a lot of disruptive technologies that has been launched and scaled up. For example, if you take an autonomous car, mm-hmm. which is an upcoming application of multiple technologies today, mm-hmm. it combines technology disruptions that happen in the area of cloud, big data, sensors, video, mobile internet and artificial intelligence. So all these technologies have come together to create new applications that were not possible about 20 years back which is two decades back and all this didn't happen suddenly it has been a continuous journey of multidisciplinary technology innovations if you take for example in 2000 it started with a revolution in smart personal devices i don't know how many of you would have heard about personal pdas so there were palm tops Uh, which was primarily helping people to look at their emails when they were on the move. And then, uh, for example, if I just look back at how connected cars were at the time, cars were uh, still having some connectivity, primarily for emergency response and anti-theft type of solution uh from internet it was uh, primarily a 2g connectivity that was available across the globe so all the applications have to leverage uh, this connectivity and most importantly i think uh, 2000 was we were in middle of dot com bubble right so we were having a lot of companies like amazon ebay paypal uh, which were disrupting the industry through internet based commerce solutions And uh, I mean, maybe that's how I see where, I mean, in early 2000. And then as we moved forward in the decade, I mean, Apple launched uh, iPod, which was a connected audio streaming service. So they built a complete iTunes store in the middle of around 2005 or seven, sometime around that, that uh, marked a major breakthrough in uh, digital content distribution, how people can consume content from their uh, personal devices, which are distributed through the cloud. And then... Uh, the cloud computing was uh, getting popular. So Amazon launched uh, AWS. Salesforce.com was becoming a billion dollar company, uh, which was a first, I mean, a poster child of uh, what we call a software as a service area. And then the video was becoming more popular, uh, right? I think um, YouTube was uh, just launched and the mobile internet bandwidth was able to handle uh, the video. Mm-hmm. Then Web 2.0, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody would recall that term. Things like social media, blogging platforms, wikipedia's where um, the end users could generate content right was getting more popular so till the time e-commerce or websites of the different companies it was primarily created by the uh, the enterprises and the end consumers were only consuming those content but i think in the middle of 2000 or i mean maybe early 2000 uh, people started contributing back right so that was for example if you go to amazon you have this rating and reviews which help you to decide on the, your next purchase etc all of this revolution started sometime in the first decade of the century mm-hmm. now if you look at uh, the second decade some of these innovations become more mainstream. Stream and then there were new disruptions like artificial intelligence, uh, which were getting commoditized. See, I think some of these technologies always existed, but being available at a cost for people to use and where a normal developer will be able to leverage them, right? The tools required for normal developers to leverage them was made available in the past decade, right? So, artificial intelligence, then uh, 3d printing blockchain and uh, now quantum computing So all of these capabilities have now become more commoditized and being available for any developer it's no longer a research oriented project for example if you take blockchain i mean late from late 90s people have been talking about blockchain but bitcoin showed the world of how a decentralized uh, currency digital currency can be created on the internet and uh, now that is getting replicated in other areas. Internet of Things, again, I talked about autonomous cars. It is reshaping the way people interact with missions and uh, I mean, how today your jobs are getting automated. For example, uh, if you have a, a personal assistant device like Alexa, you can actually use Alexa to ask for a OLA cab, right? So you can book an OLA cab using your Alexa platform. So it's the devices, intelligent devices are getting integrated into your life uh, today, even without you realizing. So it's no longer just about mobile phones. It's about your lighting becoming smarter, your interactions or business transactions uh, getting done through these assistants, uh, etc. That's how the world has changed. And I'm very excited because now some of the problems that could not be attempted before are now possible
1: uh, to be solved with these technology changes that has happened over two decades. Wow, Madhav, that's an amazing summary of evolution of technology in these two decades. In fact, it made me nostalgic too. On the current topic about digital world and the new technologies, Madhav, how do you explain blockchain in simple terms? Also, you know, in the current generation, blockchain is often confused with Bitcoin only and most of the people in technology also think they both are the same. Can you please share some applications of blockchain other than Bitcoin as well? Yeah, sure.
2: So if you look at uh, the disruption that is possible with blockchain, see, traditionally, if you take a banking system, it was all driven through uh, centralization and authority, right? So what I mean by centralization authority is, I mean, if you are, uh, for example, issuing a check to your brother, there is a bank from which the money has to move. To another bank where your brother holds your account, right? So it moves; the money is moved from your account to your brother's account. So now, this entire transaction were managed by two different banks, which was regulated by a government organization. Okay, so the bank A, which is your bank, had information about saying you had so much money that can be transferred into your brother's account, and the brother's account bank was able to take this transaction and store information saying okay now this amount is credited with say 100 rupees okay so this banking system exists for ages right and it is existing because you have a trust in the bank in which you guys perform the transaction where you hold your money now this bank the trust is coming primarily because Of two, three reasons, right? One, of course, there is a government and regulation which is giving the trust, and of course, the second thing is even how long the bank has been in existence, who is managing the bank, etc. Right? The transparency levels of the bank, etc., determines your trust on the bank. Now, assuming this trust can be provided instead of people, government, and regulation, if the same trust can be performed or provided using technology and algorithm, that is where blockchain comes into picture, Mm -hmm. right? So, if a technology I mean today for example when you hit a website right and trying to pay then you have something called verified by interest or whatever right so it gives you an assurity that this particular website is not going to do a fraud on your credit card. Right? So you are already using some of these trust based uh, systems again in that case the trust is provided by a specific third party okay so it is still a centralized system okay so if we can create a network where there is no centralized system and the centralized system will be replaced through technology and and a set of algorithms that is where the blockchain is a game changer right so a simple example right so land records okay if you take a land record the government i mean you have the registration offices uh, which are run by the state governments uh today they are maintaining your land record and uh, they're saying okay this guy is the owner of the land uh, that is available in this space today and the system of record of the truth is being verified by the buyer with the custodian who is maintaining the land record right so in this case the state registration office right now there is so much of cost involved because there is a central body somebody has to pay the money to the central body to manage this information there are employees and people who are working there and uh, no way it is preventing frauds right i mean maybe it is reducing frauds but it is not preventing frauds but if we can build a technology led system that will 100% have truth or that will ha- that will always be used to establish the truth of who is owning a specific part of a land based on the GPS coordinate. And if that algorithm that is maintaining the ownership information cannot be breached, uh, that is where uh, the blockchain is coming up. Right? So that is where the blockchain is solving that problem. Okay, So it is creating a trust network, which is decentralized, where there is no single owner. So nobody would have any incentive to breach or uh, to alter any information on that. And the algorithm is protecting the data and it is owned by the people so that there is no single party who will get benefited if there is any uh, breach that happens in the network. So, So that is primarily how blockchain is a potential replacement to a lot of use cases that are today managed or today that are handled by centralized uh, body so a simple other use cases right so if i take the supply chain for example take a cotton value chain right so the raw material is produced in india it is converted into yarn maybe within india but it is converted into a fabric say in bangladesh and then it is stitched into the final garment say in italy okay The products moves across four or five different areas or regions and at every point there is so much of paper-based movement that happens in ensuring that the right product is reaching the right hands, okay? Now, blockchain provides a new mechanism to replace these paper trails through by recording these transactions on the blockchain that can be verified. So the buyer eventually in the US, assuming the product gets shipped from Italy to US, the buyer in US can know that it is exactly the cotton, quality of cotton, for example, organic cotton, from India, that their shirt is made of, okay, if you can provide that confident information back to the end consumer or to the brand who is paying money for it, I think those are the other use cases of blockchain. So the potential of blockchain where there is a multi-party commerce uh, or where are multiple parties who are involved where the trust between the parties is provided by a central body you can think about there are so many use cases like that in the world and all of them can be replaced using blockchain at some point
0: hey uh, madhav i think this is cool those were all great examples across domains and uh, it also reminded me about the tuna fish that is being tracked using blockchain all these are pretty exciting stuff i think we can use blockchain across various domains and it will help in streamlining the transactions besides enabling authenticity and also serving as a source of legitimacy so that's all great so what do you think are the current limitations of this blockchain technology
2: Maybe I'll talk about three different aspects. One is the limitation of the technology itself. Mm-hmm. I think the major challenge that people today are facing is around interoperability. Mm-hmm. So if you if there are two different networks and if the data has to move from one network to the other, for example, if, uh, say, all the cocoa producers uh, create their own blockchain network and then the data has to be integrated into another blockchain network, probably... I mean, which are which is running at say, the European level, right? So assuming in Europe, all the brands have come together and created their own blockchain network. Whereas in Africa, there is a different blockchain network that is recording the source and movement of uh, Cocoa products, right? How do I integrate these two data and how do we ensure that the integrity of data is not lost when we do this integration? Mm-hmm. I think there are no clear standards. So, so I mean, we hope at some point it will come. Uh, The good thing is, in Bitcoin, there are already exchanges, for example, you can convert your standard currency to Bitcoin currency, etc. So, at some point, I'm sure there will be new to- token exchanges that will come uh, that will help us to solve this problem. The second major area of limitation is around the incentives uh, to adopt, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you take the tuna fish, a fish example that we just talked about, it primarily helps people to know where the fish was caught and whether it was caught from a region where the fish is grown. Uh, naturally or it is grown inside a farm etc right so those information has to be shared by the supplier or the ma- or the uh, producer of the uh, fish and what is their incentive to share this okay mm-hmm. one of course i mean it will increase the transparency and it will uh, help the end consumers but the supply chain is at least two three steps away from the end consumer okay so they don't see a value in supporting end consumers buying decision and today it is more like a stick approach right i mean saying share me the data because you are legally bound to share me uh, because i want to share this information back to my customer right so it's becoming more like a stick approach i think there has to be some incentive mechanism that should flow through so if you're a transparent farmer then you will get these perks these additional benefits right so that has to be defined and it is going to be a very very industry specific initiative the third major area is blockchain is not just an independent technology right so for example bitcoin okay unless more transactions can be done through bitcoin bitcoin will never get popular right so if i can go and buy on an e-commerce store using bitcoin then how will i spend how will i transact on the bitcoin right so what is more important is those technologies okay that are enabling transactions to be written into blockchain or those applications that can use the information recorded on the blockchain for other downstream value generation, right? So a simple example is if I take uh, IoT, right? So if if you take a simple example of a use case around Monitoring whether a vaccine is kept under the recommended temperature range, okay? Assuming a vaccine requires to be maintained at a minus 10 degrees centigrade, okay? During its transit, and you want to prove that using blockchain, okay? So, blockchain is just one part of the story, whereas the entire data collection of what temperature the drug is maintained needs an IoT and connectivity solution, right? So, the total cost of the project has to include all these three different technologies. And if you put all of these three things together, okay, there is no clear established a business case still available for a large number of use cases while technologically it is possible but is there a a value okay is there a commercial benefit in doing that is not very clear for a lot of use cases so the adoption of blockchain will be driven by the progress on other industries like uh, or other technologies like iot and that's how the adoption of blockchain will increase as we uh, move forward
0: those are great insights on blockchain, Madhav. And you touched upon another important technology that is uh, picking up steam in the last few years, IoT, the Internet of Things. So how do you think IoT can disrupt the industry? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, IoT has a significant potential to change our life, right? In the last five years, right, if you look at what all you have seen smarter, right? So, for example, I think Onida, or somebody launched an air conditioner that can be switched on and off from your mobile phone, right? So maybe those were the beginning of smart devices in your life, right? Today, all of us have Fitbits, okay? Now, what is the advantage of Fitbit? It is a device which is having connectivity, which is sending real-time data about what it is monitoring. It's a device which has some sensors, okay, about your movement, about your heart rate, I mean, your pulse, etc. It has a connectivity, which is feeding real-time information about what is getting sensed on your body. Then there are some software applications, maybe that uh, some of them are running in your mobile applica- uh, in your mobile phones, which shows uh, what is your sleeping pattern, is your heart rate fine, and what has been your uh, your trend over a period of time. And then there are additional services uh, that can be delivered on top of this data. For example, if your pulse rate is increasing or if your sleep pattern is disturbed, then somebody can uh, come and offer you a service for sleep apnea right so they can now use this the information to provide meaningful and real-time services for you right so just a fitbit it can help you to completely improve your life your sleeping pattern your workout patterns uh, and all your wellness related areas so the major beneficiary from internet of things according to me right will be healthcare okay Mm -hmm. so just imagine robotics based uh, operations okay today A lot of hospitals have robotic surgery where uh, the doctor can program, I mean, how the entire uh, protocol uh, on the robot and can remotely monitor and do some basic intervention. And if you look at this, what it is enabling is now the doctor need not be physically present in the operation theater and he can sit probably, I mean, 100 kilometers in a remote place and then can perform surgery, right? And if you take a country like India, where it is very complex to make healthcare accessible across uh, the region, a remote patient monitoring and remote surgery type of solution will increase the number of people who are covered in the standard healthcare processes. The other major invention, I mean innovation that I can see is, I mean drug adherence, right? So today in India, if you look at it, most of us go to the doctor to get a prescription, buy the drugs uh, most of the time, but we don't follow the the prescription properly, right? So, a simple example is people who are suffering from asthma okay, or COPD devices where you need to take, uh, I mean, you have these inhalers. Now, these inhalers are becoming smarter and they know that you are taking the right number of puffs okay, because you don't want to take more drug or you don't want to take less drug. So, somebody should say that, okay, five puffs is what is allowed okay, and you have to take two times a day five puffs, right? If a system can track your adherence, and also control, okay, so I mean from over usage of drugs, okay, so I know people who say that, okay, if I I buy a Benadryl bottle, instead of just taking one 5ml or 10ml of Benadryl, if I take 15ml, I mean, I'll get good sleep and maybe the cough will go away faster, right, so we, uh, and it's actually very poisonous if you over consume a drug, so these are primarily the use cases, right, I mean, of how the drug adherence and drug control can improve uh, the patient's life. The other major vertical is uh, manufacturing, right? Today, with the aging labor, it may, it may not be so applicable in India, but if you look at, say, advanced or a more industrialized economy like US or Europe, a significant challenge around the aging population and these jobs are not so sexy to do. So a lot of remote monitoring, autonomous uh, manufacturing systems are coming up. I already talked about autonomous cars. And uh, if you just uh, look at what autonomous cars has... Is potential has the potential to do it can completely transform the way in which people move from uh, point A to point B and uh, the providers or service providers like Uber who are working on ride sharing models uh, will benefit the most uh, from such solutions because now most of their costs are coming down and the need for people to own the cars are coming down and you get the same quality mobility services wherever you go. So I think these are uh, significant game-changers
1: for our day-to-day, I mean, how far it will impact our day-to-day lives. Madhav, great example, which are very realistic. Let's address the elephant in the room. Do you think these latest technologies like IoT, blockchain, artificial intelligence, machine learning, these are all overhyped? I don't think so. I think these technologies
2: are must-haves for the challenges that we have today and the challenges of the future. If you take a simple example of the pandemic that all of us are in right now um, around COVID, a contact tracing app is such a big boon for us to minimize the pandemic. So now the contact tracing is happening using Bluetooth and mobile phones, etc. This was not the use case for which these devices, I mean, existed initially, right? So the global problems today, okay, if you take, I'll just take a simple example of the automotive industry again. Okay, the largest global problem today we all face beyond the pandemic is climate change, right? So the challenge with climate change is, I mean, in the next by 2050, if we don't reduce our emissions, I mean, we are going to have irreversible changes to the climate, which will impact uh, the future generations on this planet, right? Now, if you look at this problem, while people are looking at reusability of materials, recycling. Or reducing, etc. The biggest innovation in the automotive sector is what happened with Uber and Ola, right? So they bought a, a ride sharing solution which actually leverages all the technologies that we are talking about, right? Mobility, artificial intelligence, IoT, etc. To offer a new service, okay, which was not available about 10 years back. And now what is the advantage of this is the number of cars that people will own will eventually come down, right? Because most of the time, the car is sitting idle. If you are in office, I mean, the car is sitting in your office for about nine, nine and a half hours. Uh, you just come back home, and then the car is sleeping for about twelve to fourteen hours at your home, right? Completely underutilized commodity, and the resources that is that is used to manufacture a car is significantly high. Okay, and the problem of overconsumption of resources in the automobile industry is going to come down based on these technology innovations. When they came together, they created a new application space. And that is where I think the most interesting innovations, which are like, which are at global scale and which can solve some of the larger problems that we are having. The other area that is coming up I think 3D printing, maybe I didn't spend a lot of time on this. People are today talking about personalized products. Uh, A simple example is if you are buying a Lego toy, Mm -hmm. you only get Lego toys based on the standard designs that are available, but can I create, why not I create my own customized bricks. So these are innovations which are happening, which means that I am now looking at uh, more personalized products that will suit my interest and my usage patterns and that will come based on these innovations which are driving through. And when the world is becoming hyper-connected, right, so uh, for example, when I have to manufacture a single T-shirt that fits the uh, personalized requirement of a consumer, how do I handle the entire complexity of the supply chain in the traditional model, right? So, I mean, because the paper-based model that we already have are fairly complex and cannot support a batch size of one type of use cases. So, So these technologies are very critical for us to uh, handle some of the uh, significant world problems that we have and also for better personalized products and I mean, the overall lifestyle uh, in which we live. The, all the healthcare example I said, I mean, it's going to improve our lives uh, for better. That is what I see these technologies uh, are going to do in the next uh, decade or so.
0: I think we have pretty much covered on uh, .com era, uh, web 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, mobile, cloud, AI, ML, blockchain, so on and so forth. So right now, all we have to do is identify a problem and there is a technology which can enable us to find solutions. So these last 20 years, technology has made our lives easy and at the same time, we became lethargic too. So I'm really curious how the future is going to look like, what kind of technologies... Do we foresee in the next 5 to 10 years? So what are your thoughts on that model?
2: I think uh, what is important, what is going to be important in the next few years is uh, how we ethically we can use these technologies.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What are the governance models okay, that we put in place? For example, autonomous missions, which are driven from artificial intelligence. When I say autonomous missions, I mean, it, it, it talks about I mean, a manufacturing plant where all the systems are on its own where it responds to an order based on the inventory that it has, right? So with very, very limited people. If those missions starts coming in, okay, it's going to have an impact on the overall availability of jobs uh, for people and how far we want the AA to take over our jobs and take o- take control of our lives, right? So already people are talking about how Facebook is manipulating in the election, etc. So there is, well, there are uh, amazing of benefits from these technologies these technologies are today so powerful uh, that we should be extremely careful about how uh, we make progresses in this technology the second area is data privacy and protection are going to be very critical so the data is owned by individuals like you and me uh, which is used by uh, these companies to provide services for us so how far they can leverage the data about you because now I mean with the, with your mobile phones and smart devices at your home they will exactly know everything about you as an individual so we still don't have a clarity on how much control as a user we want to give to these intelligent systems and that's going to be a major uh, point of debate and a lot of systems i feel will come quantum computing is a very very new emerging area the good thing is i mean already google amazon they're all offering quantum computing as a service, so even a, a, a normal developer sitting in a remote village now can leverage the power of quantum computing. And that's going to give us a lot of solutions, for example, climate modeling or the next cancer drug discovery, all of them are going to be made much faster in the next for years, because of quantum computing, uh, electric and autonomous cars, autonomous cars are going to become mainstream in the, especially in developed countries. So Uber is investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already know Tesla has made some significant advancement in their autonomous
0: uh,
2: algorithm. So it's going to be a part of uh, the traffic. I think. Uh, I mean, we'll have maybe specially designed roads to accommodate these autonomous and electric especially the autonomous vehicles and it will give more space for people to move in cities Mm -hmm. so of course irrespective of whatever happens with technology i think all we want to do is go back to offices go back to schools and meet people and hope that these technologies will help us to be safe irrespective of any new pandemic coming in i Hope that I mean, the next panda before the next pandemic hits, we will have sufficient technology that will keep us safe, irrespective of what we do
1: in our lives.
0: That that will be
1: a boon for sure. (laughs) Absolutely, Madhav. Let's shift some gears and get into little personal space with your products penetrating into major markets and being used across you know 20 plus countries in different time zones and all how does a typical work day in your life look like meaning being the cto
2: yeah i think uh, what's interesting being a cto is the ability to uh, stay in touch with some of these upcoming new technologies and seeing how those technologies can be leveraged in solving the domain or the area in which we are operating okay so about Uh, 30% of my time goes in tracking these technologies and looking at how it can apply to our uh, industry. 30% of our time, uh, my time goes in listening to the customers because they provide a lot of insights about how they are getting value from the product because when we build a product we perceive some value of course uh, even though we have done a lot of user interviews and user studies etc but as the product hits the road and people start consuming the product. I mean, they they see additional values than what we originally intended. So we have to constantly look for those feedback from the customers and try to look at improving the product. Then combining these two information, the technology and the customer feedback, how do we build the product in the right way? So working with my engineering team, participating in their scrum ceremonies, uh, understanding how the product is being built, how to make the engineering team's life happier uh, in the work that we do. That's another 30% of the time. Now, about 10% of my time goes into just a thinking break, right? So you just need to look for inspirations in other areas. For example, in uh, the healthcare space, might be interesting for someone who is in banking and finance. I mean, because both both are having the same set of customers, right? So in fact, very interestingly, when Uber was originally launched, the industry it impacted was the insurance industry because the insurance industries had a lot of agents who are doing this job of selling the insurance products. They all moved to Uber because it was giving them a much more predicted salary so so you never know right so i mean which industry will impact what and where you can take your inspirations from so that's how the remaining time goes in right
1: looking at other industries taking some inspirations yeah excellent it was an amazing intriguing uh, discussion with you madhav thank you so much for accepting our invitation and having this great conversation with us on various aspects of latest technologies, including blockchain, IoT. This is amazing. We really wish you all the very best in your endeavor as well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was a great to be on this platform. Looking forward. Thank you, Madhav. Dear listeners, to know more about our speaker and the content, visit or follow us on social media or feel free to email us and we will be happy to share further details with you. All
0: right. So it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode. And today's trivia is about little old technology, alarm clocks. And by the way, I'm not going to talk about the most loved snooze feature at all, but it's history. The first alarm clock could only ring at one time. Yes, you heard it right. Literally one time. The first mechanical alarm clock was invented by Levi Hutchins in 1787 and it could only ring at 4am. Very difficult to imagine how people managed to use it. And only it was until 1876 that a wind-up alarm clock was made that could be set for any time. Anyways, I am glad that our alarms are Very, very flexible compared to those 1700 days. Alright, interesting, isn't it? Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Take care. Be safe.